Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. If you're streaming online, God bless you guys for dropping in and being with us on Father's Day. Now, to confess to you, the older I get, the more I'm blessed by dad jokes. You know where I'm going? They used to be dumb and goofy, but man, they bless me now. They speak to my life. David said in the Old Testament when they took Ziklag and his men turned against him that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, I'm not in Ziklag, so I got to figure out how to encourage myself in the Lord. And I don't know, dad jokes just bless my soul. You mind if I share a few of my favorites with you? Can anyone tell me what IDK means? Every time I ask someone, they say, I don't know. Come on, you feel the blessings coming? My son Luke loves that we named our children after a Star Wars character. My daughter Chewbacca, not so much. Mm, don't you feel the anointing? My wife says I only have two faults. I don't listen and something else. dad jokes fathers my boss told me to have a good day so I went home come on somebody I don't care who you are that's funny stuff I mean that stuff would make it in Vegas on the strip I just don't want that lifestyle so I'm going to stay here and preach The recruiter told me the pay starts at 40K, but it could go up to 80K later. I decided to start later. (laughs) I'm not dumb. You with me so far? All right. You tracking with me? It's been mentioned by my brother-in-law, and I have been learning Spanish, and we lived a couple months in Costa Rica, so I have a soft spot for the Spanish-speaking language of the community. And so this one, I didn't want to leave out my new ministry. When I'm around my Spanish-speaking friends, I always use the word mucho. It means a lot to them. Come on, somebody. I heard someone over here say, oh, Jesus. It blessed them. They they get it. They get it. They're catching up with me. But to all of those here and streaming, happy Father's Day. Let me, you're, you're seated, and there's been a lot of move and emotions in the service. So normally I would say, let's stand and honor the word of God. I just have one scripture. Let me just read it in your hearing and Proverbs 22 and 1, it says, A good name 
parentheses there, uh, earned by honorable behavior, godly wisdom, moral courage, and personal integrity is more desirable than great riches and favor is better than silver and gold. As I was putting together my message and trying to wrap it up on Friday, I, my custom is I work every day on my message. I research stories. I research pictures. I ponder. Then I kind of just get stuck and I jump to my Duolingo app and I learn some Spanish and I jump back to my message and I just kind of chip away every day. As I kind of zoomed out Friday from the message and said, I need a little break. My head, my eyes are getting fuzzy. I bounced over to Fox News and two headlines on Friday, front page, America's crisis is a lack of fathers. I'm going to say a half an inch below was another line that I grabbed. There is little doubt that America is experiencing an unprecedented fatherless crisis. Fox News on Friday, fox.com. And I felt the burden, the pressure, the weight of a Father's Day to speak to the crises as a minister, a pastor, And when I read that, I just put these four words together, and I'll try to bring it together, but it's just, my title is A a Good Family Man. A good, I want to say old-fashioned family man. The compliment good family man is one of the phrases that has gone into obscurity. It was once wisely widely used in our culture to designate a a true badge of honor. Look at the words that make up the phrase. Good refers to widely accepted moral values. Family points to purpose larger than itself. And a man says there's the norm of masculinity. It seems that the contemporary culture no longer celebrates the widely shared idea that Such a man would put his family first, his kids, his spouse, his wife. Where do we see the responsibility of masculinity represented anymore? We're more likely to hear about superstar athletes and entrepreneurs who sacrificed it all, including their wife and kids, to make the success, the playoffs, or the startup company successful. Unfortunately, it's not too late to bring the simple phrase back into vogue. A good family man. It is needed at one of the highest callings in the world, and it inspires. I've come to preach and to inspire and to challenge us fathers. That a good family man is indeed the highest calling. A badge of honor a lost art in the 21st century compared to my father's generation, which they called the greatest generation. A recent study shows that 400 parents of college freshmen reported their feelings when their son or daughter left home. Surprisingly to some, the fathers took it the hardest. 
over mothers. And one of the chief, chief explanations was great. It says, fathers have been so busy working hard and then suddenly realize it's too late to build a relationship with their then-grown child. If you still have children at home, take a moment. Regularly enjoy your remaining time with them. Be a good family man, Dad. Those days are gone in the blink of an eye. It is possible for mothers and fathers to love and reverence God while systematically losing their children. I believe, and I've seen it over my pastorate, you can go to church three times a week, serve in a department, attend the annual picnic, pay your tithes and offerings, all the approved religious expectations, yet somehow fail to communicate the real meaning in living and serving God to the next generation. For the younger parents whose children are still impressionable, they're at that age, take a note of this. It's been said this, and I quote, the greatest delusion is to suppose that our children will be devout Christians simply because their parents have been. Or that any of them would enter into a relationship with God in any other way than through their parents' deep travail and prayer and faith, end quote. Dads, we're long overdue to step up and be a spiritual father in your home. The world is not highlighting that. There's other agendas counterintuitive to the Bible that fly, fly in the face of sin. But churches all around North America today are celebrating and preaching about fathers and Father's Day. My assignment this morning is to preach to fathers that are here. Father's Day is a large, vast subject that I can't cover all of the areas because you had a father. And you had a grandfather. And maybe some of those relationships or family dynamics or generational curses have followed down to you and your kids. And I, I, I can't figure all that out today, but I know what I need to do. I need to help you figure out how to be a good family man. I'm speaking to the present fathers. Not fathers from other generations, not fathers that have gone before us. That is all valuable and needful and emotional but today, those of you that are streaming and watching in person, I, I'm, I want to inspire you. I want to challenge you to let's go back to some of the old school days and say, you know what? I have a badge of honor, and that is, what are you? I'm a good family man. My kids love God. My kids love my wife and I. I treat my wife with respect. We have an amazing relationship. I'm teaching them how to make a living. I'm teaching them how to live for God. I'm teaching them values. I'm teaching them biblical principles. What are you? I'm a good family man. You won't see that printed in the news. You won't see that on the websites. Nobody's going to tweet that this week because it's kind of fallen off the edge of the earth as each generation gets more vile. Each generation drifts from the original text of what a man 
and a woman, and hearts are supposed to be. Why? Because things are progressing worse. And in the 21st century, my, fan, my friend, I as a pastor must stand up and say, come on men, come on fathers, come on husbands, let's do what God's called us to do. We have a blueprint of a perfect plan to be exactly what God wants us to be. But when we push back and we neglect our duties, then there goes our family, and there goes our children, and there goes the environment, and we can't blame anybody but ourselves. when you look back as an old man wondering what happened to your family. Mm. I'm going to try to make it a little more enjoyable, but I feel like I'm getting after you like you did something wrong as I hear myself preach, but that's not my heart. My heartbeat is to just wake you up and say, come on, be a godly, good family man. Quit messing around. The kids are getting older. The world is getting vile and wicked and dark. And my little bitty lighthouse on my neighborhood is what I can shine the light into my family and my kids and my grandkids. And I'm going to do my part and God's going to be pleased with me because I've been filled with the spirit and I'm earmarked to help my family get to heaven. Come on, that's what ought to be what we're saying as fathers. And so to think that our children are going to make it because I'm a devout, committed Christian I'm not sure. If you doubt that validity of that assertion, may I suggest you the story of Eli in 1 Samuel 2 and 4? Here is the account of a high priest and a servant of God who failed to discipline his children. He was apparently too busy with the work of the church to be a leader in his own home. The Bible says the two boys grew up and they were evil men on whom God's judgment failed. It concerns me to realize that Eli's service to the Lord was insufficient to compensate for his failure at home. Again, please don't misquote me and twist my words. I'm not saying it's all about my family and I neglect the house of God. You're out of balance. There's balance in everything. But you're out of balance could be with your job, with your hobbies, with your buddies, with your coming and goings. Dating myself a little bit, but remember when the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon? When you're coming home, son? We'll get together soon, Pop. We'll get together soon, Dad. And I realized he turned out just like me. My friend, the cement's hardened by then. I don't know how to form. I don't know how to influence. I don't know how to mentor. I don't know how to mold. Once that cement hardens, and if you have children at home... You have to pay attention to the cement that is being hardened by the outfluent, the out influences outside your home from school and work and buddies and break rooms, etc., and chat rooms and mm, social media. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm simply saying, come on, be a dad and monitor your family. Make it easy for them to love and serve God in a godly environment. Don't make them choose what's right and wrong. They do not have to stress their little mind if we're going to church on Sunday. They should not be stressing their little feelings. Hey, is God pleased with this? Can I dress like this? Can I go here? No, there ought to be dads that step up and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. God is in our home. God is here. Mark me. I love you so much. I don't want you to go to hell. I'm going to train you. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to show you the way. And when you become a full-grown man, you're going to do the same thing to your kids. I get it, man. I have a couple of kids and grandkids and in-laws, and I realize everything is not bulletproof. But I promise you this, if I don't do my part as a, as a dad, God does not pick up where I left off and got sloppy. Mm. 
a good family man. And so the two boys grow up evil, the Bible says. Then I read and realized the narrative to receive confirmation to the principle. Samuel, a saintly man of God who stood like a tower of spiritual strength throughout his life, grew up in Eli's home. He watched Eli symptomatically lose his children that Samuel proceeded to fail with his own family too. My concern, fathers, is that we put our raising of our children on autopilot because under the banner of I'm busy and we have to make a living or I'm tired. I understand that. I had kids at home. I'm not insensitive to that. I'm just saying, fathers, it's time for us to focus on a good family man. You are a good family man. Maybe you've got to make a couple of adjustments, a couple of tweaks here and there. Hey, I've got to make time to do this. I've got to be a little more organized. I've got to tell my kids we're going to do this. Whatever it takes, my friend, I'm just telling you that they grow up so fast. Someone once said, the days are long and the years are short. But we've got to be godly men. If God would not honor Samuel's dedication by guaranteeing him the salvation of his children, would he do more if I'm not being a good, godly father? If the failure is to occur, this is what's going to happen. Listen to me. If there's going to be a failure and a breakdown, it's going to happen between generations as we pass the baton. Again, feeling a little bit like an old man, but I used to remember the old elders wondering if, if my generation's going to make it. They had concerns. A bunch of young kids coming up. Can they carry the torch? Can they be a godly minister, family, influencer, dad? They expressed concerns. Now, Brother Tony, I find myself in that position looking at two or three generations below me. Dear Lord, if you tarry for your, with your return, what kind of generations are we raising up? To where fathers, we got to train, we got to groom, we got to mentor, we got to love, and we got to be the sounding voice, the most valuable sounding voice in their life because this is what I understand. I realize, I got a revelation when my kids got old and out of high school. As they're in school or at home, back up a little bit, you are the only voice. They go to school, they have teachers now. They have other kids that don't believe and embrace like us. I remember I grew up and I went to the elementary school in Vista, Olive Elementary. Second grade through, at that point, it was sixth grade. And I grew up in a Pentecostal home, but at Olive Elementary on the playground, I heard words I didn't even know existed. I'm not talking about big, long, prophetic words. Most of them only had like four letters in them. Hey, what's that mean? I'm going to ask my mom. Nota mental. Note to self. Just let it go. But you see, there was other voices in my life that could not be held at bay by my parents because I'm in school now. I got a job at the grocery store in high school. I was 16. 
Chula Vista used to be called Food Basket, then it went to Lucky, then it went to Albertsons. And I had another set of voices in my life, or influences, Brother Foster, that weren't paralleling with the way I was raised. But thankfully, I was mentored and groomed to where as I got older, I could begin to discern what is right and wrong and stand on my own two feet and to rebuttal and not be led to temptation and to refuse some of the things that were afforded to me that I did not partake of. No, I don't want to do that. That's not me. I'm saying this to myself, but I look back and I realize that, you know what? I had a good godly father that weighed in with good godly advice, save a big old belt too. But here's my point. Godly fathers have time for their family to teach them in the ways of righteousness and holiness. Because let me go back. If we're going to miss it here, it's going to happen between the exchange of the baton to the next generation. I pick up in Judges chapter 2 and 10 to validate my point. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Someone once said, and I kind of did the math, and I think it's true, your family tree is only one generation to be extinct from Christianity. One generation in your family tree. And they would fall in harmony with Judges 2.10. There grew a generation after them that knew not God. I'm not saying I can fix everything. I'm not saying I can make everything perfect for my kids. But I'm going to tell you what, what I can do is raise them in a godly environment and teach them godly principles and not yield into the ways of the world that dilutes the things of God and tries to pervert this when in reality the things from the world are what pervert itself. Self-perversion. A good godly man, where are we? Where have we been? What have we done? According to the Christian values which govern my life, my most important reason for living is to get the baton to the, and the gospel and the salvation to my kids and my grandkids. Of course, I want to place that into other hands of people, and that's why I pastor. I'm deeply devoted to this church and this ministry. But I've got to make sure the next generation, Dad, you've got to help me. My responsibility is with my family, my kids and their kids. That in my family tree, there's not a gap of those that knew not God. And you say, well, maybe I've just come in the church, Pastor. I'm the first generation. Well, make sure from that generation down, there's not a gap. You can't repeat history. You can't fix the past. You can't fix your dad and grandma and the family tree. You can't fix the dynamics. But you can fix it from this day forth. Saying, you know what? I'm going to be a godly man and a godly father. I'm going to love their mother. I'm going to teach them respect. I'm going to get them to the youth events. I'm going to get them to Sunday school. Why? What are you doing? I'm training my kids how to live for God. Sports come and go. I've seen memes. I haven't done the math. But what is it, like 0.003% of all the athletes make it to the professional sports? So the other umpteen million just play for a season. 
You see, God's not for a season. God's for a lifetime. I'm not preaching against sports. I love sports. NBA ended, the Warriors won. Did you know that? You ever heard of the Warriors? Oh, is that some group in the Old Testament when they fought against the Israelites? Yeah, let's go with that. But if, I, if something impedes on me being a father to get my kids and to train and to groom them, then that thing has to wait and come, take a back seat because me and my house, we're going to serve God and I'm going to teach them how to serve God. Come on, somebody. And when they are at the age of accountability, I pray I've done everything right and I got to leave it with God and them. God, I pray that you would honor my efforts. Everybody, I know their own self, you can't fix anything in that regard. Will they all serve God? Let's say yes by faith. Will they all love God and finish strong and go to heaven with us? By faith, I say yes. But I can't say by faith if I'm not doing my natural humanity dad part. I'm going to try to be a good family man. And so dads, I'm really here to encourage you, although when I hear myself, I feel like you're in trouble. You're not in trouble. Because sometimes I see things and I feel like I can just, Brother Foster at times, just see through the cloud of trouble and, hey, there's the answer. Why don't they do that? Here's how you solve that. Why don't you, do, why don't you make these adjustments? Why, why don't you commit here and let that commitment go? And why don't you focus on this? And why don't you, I, I feel in my spirit, I don't know if that's a pastor thing, that, but I just pray. Because here's the thing, as grown people, where does my pastoral influence and godly advice pick up and start in a family of full-grown people? Because the world is, you know what, hey, I'm full-grown, you don't know. Leave me alone. The little slogan and the hats that have come and gone on the t-shirts, what does it say? Trust no one. I don't really know the origin of this one, but I agree with this one better. It just simply said obey. Now, they're probably perverting that like they did the rainbow. Anyway, did I say that? A good godly man. The world, Brother Nolan, are you playing? Okay, come here, rescue me with some music. I don't want to fall off the deep end. The world takes God's goodness and riches and pristine, pure, holy life and forever will try to degrade it and pervert it. The devil always tries to offer a forgery. A counterfeit. In the garment district, it's called a knockoff. Oh, I got a Louis Vuitton, paid $39. No, you didn't. I don't know Louis Vuittons, but I'm not that stupid. They're not no $39. You're probably missing a two and zero in front of that. No, no, that's a knockoff. If I'm going to get a Louis Vuitton for my wife, I want the real deal, baby. Okay, we got to save an extra three years. Whatever. I'm not interested in knockoffs, forgeries. Back in the day, when I lived in San Diego, Frankie, we could go down, Frank, I'm sorry, we could go down 
And I promise you, I could buy a Rolex presidential watch in TJ for like 20 bucks. You could sport that baby with the girls, man. How does a 17-year-old have a presidential Rolex watch? He's successful. I want to date him. I don't want to date you. 20 bucks, serious? Knockoff. Junk. The ongoing joke, Brother Gustavo, was when you got it across the border, it stopped working. It only, it only worked in Mexico. And I did buy a few, and I think there's some truth to that. Hey! How does it know I'm in San Ysidro? How does it know where the borderline is? These watches are smart watches. Junk. Knockoff. So dads, why don't we raise our kids in the original godly environment? Not the wannabe, make-believe, knockoff, watered-down, perverted environment that people raise their kids in today. What my wife, okay? You still playing music? Okay. Mm. I won't be needing this no more. My wife and I will be going somewhere, and there'll, there'll be some little kids or a lady that's dressed extremely immodest, in my opinion. And she always says this, and I always say the same thing. She goes, Why would they do that? Don't they know they look? And she fills in the blank. I said, babe, that's the norm to them. They don't know any different. It's not their fault. That's the world. That's the society. That's the commercials. That's the magazines. That's the social media. That's norm. It's normal para ustedes. Pero por nosotros, no. But for us, that's not the norm. The norm is the things of God and purity and modesty and godliness and a pure heart and friendliness. The fruits of the Spirit. It's normal para nosotros. It's normal for us. So the way that she says, why would she... Maybe, poor thing, maybe they don't have mirrors in their home. I mean, I never thought there was a mirror shortage in America, but I mean... Whatever, eggs, milk, mirrors. Poor thing, maybe she don't know. But the way that my wife would recognize that, because I said, babe, to you, you are light years from them. But you live and move in another world, and your protocols and expectations and parameters and guidelines are set from above. And this world gets worse and worse and wicked and wicked and vile and more vile. And so dads, hear me. Let, let me do this. Everybody can stay seated. I, I want all the dads to join me in the altar right here. All the fathers. Everybody can stay seated. Nolan, in a few years, I want you up front here. <laughs> Your dad said he'd give me that gift card if I said that. Okay, dads, fathers, hey, your first time, I'm all, I'm calling fathers. This has nothing to do with membership and attendance. Maybe guys kind of, you might have to come a little bit. Thankfully, we've got a lot of fathers. Let me talk to you for just 
60 seconds and I'm going to pray for us. And I'm going to, I'm going to command your family to treat you like a king. What do you think? Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, according to the spiritual authority I have, I'm going to command it. Hey, all your wives are all leaving and walking out. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> Ladies, stay seated. No, 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 no. Okay, let me talk to you for a minute, guys. Okay, a good family man. That's the objective. That's the goal. That's the end zone. At minimum, you start today. Maybe at best, you've been trying to do it your whole life as a father. But it's time to refocus. I don't even hardly read or watch the news anymore because it's so vile and depressing. I, say, I don't want I can't do it. The world is getting worse. And now it's all about inflation and gas and the, and the rate going up. Through, and it's all, oh, man, it's just, Lord, we're destroying ourselves. But no matter what is out there, the climate, the atmosphere in which we are forced to live in because we live in the world, you can still strive to be a good family man. Don't be distracted by all that junk. The beautiful thing about Sundays and community group, it allows me, Mike, to reset my values and my focus. Because a steady, constant diet of anything is not healthy. The world's negative. The world's vile. The world's mean. I never would have thought that I would have to pastor a day and hire an armed guard company. Why? Because the world's evil. Houses of worship. This last week, someone broke into our church for the first time. We've had anything in 22 and a half years. Evil. Broke windows and stole stuff. Stole the little kid's mother's memorial dollars. I told my wife, you know what? They did, they did arrest him and they, they caught him. FYI. I say, thank God. But the human dad side of me, when you stole those little kids' money, you crossed the line. And I told my wife, I just got to take a deep breath and God's going to settle the score. What are you saying? The house of worships aren't even safe anymore. But in all of this chaos and darkness, I can still be a good family man. Out of our reach? No. Pipe dream? Absolutely not. It's a reality. Because I'm only trying to influence at the beginning my little family. That's workable. That's manageable. I get them where they're supposed to go. I feed them. I clothe them. I protect them. I take them on vacation. We play ball. We play frisbee. I take them to soccer. That's what dads do. Watch me. I treat their mother with respect. It's what godly dads do. I take the brunt of life and protect their mother. That's what godly dads do. And so I just want to challenge you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give you a prayer that you can hang on to. On this wonderful Father's Day. This is amazing. All the fathers here, I love you guys. Man. I love you guys. 
We're trying to be good, godly fathers and good, godly men. And I'm going to pray that God's going to help us figure this out. And after my prayer, moms, family, this is where you come in. Today, make sure you show your good family man the respect and love and appreciation that they're deserving. I think that's honorable. The Bible says, and we can use it in a lot of applications to give honor to whom honor is due, and probably a lot of you do it year-round, but I'm just asking you. Today's a special day, guys. I'm glad to be a man in the 21st century because watch this. This century needs people like you and I. This century we live, live in need godly family men to wear that as a badge of honor. And I'm saying, God, as my grandkids will probably say, God, you borned me for the right generation. You borned me. And I'm glad, and God put us together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for these good family men that stand here, God, with needs, concerns, and the weight of this world and family. But I pray, God, that as we move forward, that you would guide them and give them godly wisdom as you would have given Solomon. I pray for their children, God, that we will not be negligence, God. We will not assume they're going to serve God because we do. We will not assume anything, God, but we will do everything within our power. And God, you will pick up and you will lead and guide them. And that when they are old, God, they will love you and serve you. That we have no greater joy, as your writer said, that my children walk in truth. I pray for their children. I pray for their families and household and spouses, God, that together we walk in truth. And God, you are pleased with us and that you would have no greater joy that your children upon this earth as we wait for your return, that you will empower us, that you will shine upon us, you will order our steps and protect our homes and our kids. Every time we leave the house, God, that your protecting hand and all-seeing eye travel with every father today. In the name of Jesus, I speak it. If you receive it, someone shout amen. Amen. Come on, in Jesus' name, let's do this. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.